Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Welcome to Season 4 of Bears Over Beers. I'm Jeff Burkus, a writer with Windy City Gridiron, and I am joined for Season 4 premiere, as always, EJ Snyder. EJ, how are you doing? How's the natural light look now that you have uh, staggered out of the film room? Uh, well, I'm still in the film room, so I can't say that I've staggered out because I record down here as well, but I am fine i am deep in draft prep i am amazed it's season four uh doesn't really seem like it's been that long and i suppose that's a really good thing uh when you're making fun stuff with your friends time flies uh but no i it's sort of like groundhog's day i get to peek my head up take a look around and then and then go back down and do more <laughs> yep if you saw your shadow six more weeks of film work i think is the, the big joke shadow. that i tried to make on twitter I, I have to bring on this bear uh, bear beer that I I found on a trip that I took uh, here the last couple of months. That's a Charleston, South Carolina beer. It is called Poke the Bear Revelry Brewing. It's a pale ale, uh, and you know when you see beautiful can art of of a bear that looks very angry, you have to get it. And then I posted this, and someone. Uh, posted don't poke the bear beer uh which uh, i think that i'm going to need to acquire some don't poke the bear maybe it was a cider or something we're gonna have to drink them side by side or maybe mix them or something that sounds disgusting but um anyway we have to bring that on um you have more film work today so you are not uh you are not indulging today. i am not indulging i am indulging in coffee and and seltzer to keep myself uh above board because uh from many years of experience i have found out that if you start day drinking while watching film um a your productivity goes way down and b your takes get mm, fairly loose by the end of the day and uh too many too many players to look at uh in the near term to be doing that so i'm i'm going to abstain today well, so we wanted to start off, but this is not draft talk. So yeah, all of you that thought we were going to do <laughs> draft stuff on our first episode, um, you are incorrect. We are still focused on free agency, which is right around the corner. And as EJ and I talked about at the end of last year, there are so many holes on this roster. And, you know, you hear the narrative a little bit like, well, the Bears have the 11th most cap space, or they have the 12th most cap space. And I think think about things in terms of a normal distribution curve they're 12th out of 32 is much closer to like 20th out of 32 than it is second or third right they they don't have that much room to to make these moves but the other piece of this is that 
there's not a lot of players on this roster. And so if you think that you can shop at the fancy stores to plug the holes that are there, it's not going to happen. There's just not enough spackle for you to put and, and cover every single hole and do a professional job. There are going to be some places where you're going to have to uh, get creative. And so EJ had this idea for us to go through the free agency bargain bin to give an idea of what might be out there. And so EJ, how did you come up with this and, and what are you using as your metrics here? Yeah, so this all came about when I started looking at a pro football focused list of the top 200 free agents. And it's not that I agree with the list or or think that it's, you know, canon, but it gave a really good structure to look at, hey, these are the guys in the top 50. Those are going to be free agents that really are going to be getting fairly aggressive offers for the most part in the first wave of free agency. That's the expensive part of free agency. That's all the big name deals. And that's going to start happening really, really soon because the combine kicks off later this week. And that's when everybody from the NFL gets together, all the players, the agents, the coaches, and really the free agency deals start getting hammered out there in principle so that when they get announced two minutes after free agency starts, it really started at the combine with, hey, here's what we'll pay for your guy. The Bears aren't going to be able to play in that space. And Ryan Poles himself has said, look, I'm a fan of the second and third wave of free agency. I am not going to be playing in the high dollar round right off the bat. So that kind of chops off for me, for me, at least in my mind, the top 50 of the 200, you know, they might be able to be in play for one of those guys, but if the price goes up at all, they're out. So again, that leaves them with a lot of holes, not a ton of cap space, and they're going to have to do some work. So I started looking through this list at, you know, 50 through hundred, hundred through 150, and, and even down at 150 to 200 and thinking that's really three different levels. 50 to 100 is kind of guys that are going to get the second wave. Some of them might get sort of first wave deals, but the majority of those are going to be the ones that get considered, you know, eight to 10 days after free agency starts. And then 100 to 150, those guys are going to be there two weeks in and they're going to be shopping around between maybe a couple of competitive offers, probably not what they want in terms of what they think they deserve, but maybe a little bit better. There's going to be some incentive for them to go to a team. And then the guys in the bottom quarter of that list are really going to be waiting around for either a prove it deal or, as you call it, a keep playing deal. Right. This is a do it or don't do it. But we'll give you, you know, a million and a half per season to come play football to see if you're healed from your injury or to see if you can rebound in a better system. And that's really where Poles and the Bears are going to have to make hay is in those bottom three categories. So I looked through all those went through all the positions and then started laying out some folks that either have a scheme match based on the new coaching staff, um, a skill match based on what the bears don't have currently on their roster or just opportunity, right? Again, yeah. guys coming out of a bad system who had a down year, who had an injury that the bears are going to be able to throw a small deal at. And we see this every year in the NFL, somebody gambles on a player, they come out, they have a great season and that's a huge value. And the bears are going to have to hit some of those. And, and here's another thing to kind of think about as we, we dig into this and, and Oh, who, where'd that guy come from? Right. You've got, you've got Ryan Poles. Ryan Poles was with the chiefs. So obviously if anybody's with the chiefs or has a chiefs connection during his time there, that's someone to think about. The Chiefs play in the AFC West. Therefore, they see the Chargers, the Broncos, the Raiders twice a year. 
And a lot of times, you know, you've seen Bears do it. You've seen, you know, how many former Bears wide receivers did the Vikings sign over the last 20, 25 years? It's ridiculous, right? It's because they see him twice a year. They, they you know, they do a good thing. They're interested in that guy. So, so you got to think about the Chiefs and then you got to think about other teams from the AFC West. Uh, he brings on his buddy, uh, Cunningham from uh, the Eagles. The Eagles uh, organization, very excited about pulling someone over from the Eagles because I really respect Howie Roseman in that organization. But you've got the Eagles. Okay, who do the Eagles play? Well, they play the Cowboys. They play the Giants. They play Washington, right? They play those teams twice a year. So you think about maybe players from the from the NFC East. You've got head coach, uh, Matt Eberflus. He comes from the Colts. Well, now think about... Unfortunately, some of the bad teams in that division, but, you know, players that maybe were under bad coaching schemes or whatever, there's some familiarity there. Offensive coordinator from the Packers. Uh, maybe there's some Packers connections that he can pull over as well. So, so you start to think about where have these guys been? Who have they maybe coached? Who have they maybe been in the front office with? And then, of course, there's those guys that got away with from wherever they were at. Uh, where they hold their their evaluation from four or five years ago, uh, you know th- those are the things we can't know uh, because there's no obvious connection. But there's things like that that we want to keep in mind here um, as we go through this. But for, let's just start at the top. Justin Fields is the quarterback of this team. Nick Foles is under contract. I, you know, I have been very vocal about not really liking Nick Foles since the he's come over here. I think that I I don't have to rehash that. But who knows exactly what's going to happen with that? Is there anybody that you think would be an interesting backup for Justin Fields as he starts to develop out here in the next season? Yeah, this one's a really low need because of Nick Foles. Now, you and I are in the same place on Nick Foles as as a player and where we really think he is in his career. He's probably sticking around because of that awful contract, right? The need is low because are you going to get a better backup than Foles for any less money and the answer is not likely is it the greatest option no is it likely to happen just because of the financial reality it is if for some reason they are really anti nick Foles and they decide to try and move him or they get an offer for him which is highly unlikely i'd toss a low dollar deal and i do mean a low dollar deal at tyrod taylor because i think his playing style is similar to Justin Fields he certainly can't do all the same things but you'd have to change the offense less if Tyrod Taylor came in as a backup than you would if Nick Foles does because Nick Foles uh let's just say notably not fleet of foot um and a lot of the plays that Justin Fields design rollouts are going to have Nick's not going to be great at so a guy like Tyrod Taylor I would throw a really low dollar deal at he was ranked uh, 148th on this list of 200. So not somebody that's going to be in high demand, probably going to be there in the second and third waves of free agency if the bears need him. But again, quarterback, I would say low need in free agency. I think Taylor's going to get yet another opportunity to, to be, to fight out for a starting position with one of these teams that he's a quarterback. Cause this poor guy. Yeah. <laughs> he, I, he just, <laughs> I'm he a Tyrod keeps... fan. I hope yeah. that's the case because he's he's had several opportunities. He, I don't think he's ever going to be great, but I think he can be very I think he can be good and we've seen him good in stretches. Um yeah, it's funny. I was watching uh there was something that had they had Chargers camp on and it might have been something the Chargers put out during 
um, training camp and they had one of those like Drew Brees used to do, Oh, get all the quarterbacks together. We're going to do like a throwing competition at the end of camp. Right. Right. And whoever wins gets whatever, less, less sprints. And so at that point, the chargers had four quarterbacks in camp and they were going along and Tyrod had redone his hair. It's <laughs> a little bit older and he'd redone his hair. So he'd come up in the rotation and I was just kind of casually watching this. And I was like, man, who's that guy? I look it up and it's Tyrod Taylor. And I was like, man, he can still sling it. Like it's, he's got skills. So like you, I hope he gets another shot. Yeah. And I, I don't really want to see Nick, Nick Foles on the field. Um, but basically what we're saying is that if the bears cut Nick Foles, they will save a little bit of money, but not a lot, but you'd have to go out and replace that with another quarterback. And so going out and getting another quarterback for the, difference of the amount that you're already paying him guaranteed anyway that's not going to come off the books what's the point like you know you're not going to upgrade your backup quarterback with the amount of money that you would save uh, by cutting Nick Foles so the it, it doesn't seem like it's probably going to happen now I could see bringing in a guy to try to stick on the practice squad you know that that you want to try to develop or something like that I, I hope Ryan Poles does that, but I, I don't really see there being much of a need as much as I'd love to see Nick Foles somewhere else. Um, I don't think there's much of a need to, to worry about the quarterback running backs. One of those positions too, where you've got David Montgomery and you've got Khalil Herbert, very exciting one, two punch. We really don't know what's going on with Tariq Cohen, but if you were to guess, there is a high likelihood that Tariq Cohen's going to get cut for his salary in this offseason. And so the Bears could be looking at adding sort of a, a bargain bin free agent here um, and, and and a pass catcher, I think, would be the most ideal situation there. Yeah, and there's a really natural fit for this one, and it's Marlon Mack and from the Indianapolis Colts. So Eberflus and the coaches he brought over from the Colts really familiar with Marlon Mack. Marlon Mack ended up getting buried on what is one of the best running back depth charts in the league. Um, Jonathan Taylor's ascendancy, but they've got, you know, two other good backs. In addition to Mack, he was coming off an Achilles injury. So he's had now a full year removed from that injury. So he should be fully healed. He would be a great third back in that rotation. And the other thing is planning for Montgomery's, exit now polls has said he might want to resign him but it's totally possible that montgomery's you know could not be resigned in the future and you could toss a two-year sort of prove it deal um at marlon mack he's a bit smaller he's very elusive he is a good pass catcher and he was very productive before he got hurt before the, the colts went in and drafted jonathan taylor so uh, you know staff familiarity the ability to get him on a value coming off an injury, his his value couldn't really be lower right now because he was fourth on the depth chart. Um, I don't think anybody's going to be beating down Marlon Mack's door. Uh, his rank on the list was 173. It just seems like a natural match. I'd actually put the probability of this one happening fairly high um, because we see it more and more in the modern NFL moving towards an 18-game season nobody's running a bell cow back 450 times a year. Like it just doesn't happen anymore. They're taking two or three backs in rotation and giving them all two, two fifty in terms of touches. And Mac would fit right in there. I like the player. I, I like the fit. Um, I like the, the need that's probably going to be opened up by Tariq. I mean, maybe not, but I, it just seems like such an obvious move from a financial standpoint 
and the fact that he he wasn't able to get on the field last year, which makes me think that it was probably a little bit more of a serious injury. Um, and, and fortunate to him, I'm glad he got paid before before he uh, before he got hurt because he seems like a good dude, and, and I'm glad that he got that life changing money. Um, and I hope that he can reestablish his career uh, with Chicago or or somewhere else because he, he's an easy guy to cheer for. Um, I want to move on to wide receiver though because this is man the Ryan Poles has his work cut out for him at wide receiver. One guy. One guy under contract, and we talked about it last year. We knew this was coming. Uh, you know, we mentioned it many, many times. But Darnell Mooney is the only guy that had significant reps last year that's under contract. This is this is a room that gets remade around Darnell Mooney, and a lot of guys. Well, you we gotta go after Chris Godwin, or you gotta go, you know these big names. I don't know, man. I don't think you can afford them. And so, if you do that, okay, fine. Like, let you you know, I'll I'll eat it. But they're gonna have to fill this room. And so who are the veteran guys that you see out there that you're like, yeah, I like that. Yeah. And regardless of even if they do do that, if they go after a Mike Williams or Godwin or whoever else, like that'll be their high dollar free agent. They'll get one, Mm -hmm. one. And then you have two guys, right? (laughs) Like in the modern NFL, you need five, right? You need four true receivers that can play all the time. Plus you're going to have injuries. So you need a guy in the fifth slot that can maybe do some special teams, but can also catch a little bit. So even if you do go get that high dollar free agent, then you've got him and Mooney and that's, that's not enough. So this is where polls and his staff are really going to have to go after it. They're most likely going to draft somebody. They're going to need to get free agents, plural multiple. And in order to do that, they're probably going to have to spend less on each one. So there's a bunch of options and it's not pick one. It's probably pick two or three and still yeah. draft a guy because yeah, Daz Newsom's on the roster. We're not forgetting about that, but came on played late in the year uh, was a low round draft pick to start with. Not a ton expected from him does have some special teams value. So maybe he could fill that fifth slot, but that still means you need to fill three, four, maybe five, um, slots with somebody else so dj chark is the top guy and he slips onto my list everybody's like oh he's top 50 well he's 51 on the list and i'm taking the i'm taking the <laughs> exemption this is a speed threat from jacksonville who i really like and if stop me if you've heard this one before bears draft or bears pick up a free agent wide receiver from jacksonville who hurt his knee um yeah you have uh is dj chark Allen robinson no he's not but he's a really good outside speed threat um, great body control down the field, a, a skill set right now that the Bears don't have or don't have enough of. So he fits a sort of natural need. Is he going to get offers? He is, but there is going to be some reduction in that because of third straight deep wide receiver class coming out in the draft. General managers are realizing we don't need to pay, you know, all but the most premium guys, 20 million a year. So there's competition and there's a really deep free agent class as well. So Chark might be in play kind of on the cusp of that first to second wave of free agency. And if he is, I hope the bears at least make an offer because he would be a good skill set fit with them. Next guy up is Russell Gage, a guy that's played for the Falcons and played well with his opportunities. Again, he was third or fourth on their wide receiving depth chart. Now his rank is 50 lower, 101, Um, but he's a really reliable possession target good size, good hands. Again, another role they kind of don't have, right? He could be that good number three sort of power slot. He's played that role in Atlanta and somebody that Justin Fields could get really comfortable with a la a tight end, uh, but you know, moves a little bit better and is a little bit more productive per catch. Um, 
Now, I, what I about? I think he could be great. The, now, a lot of people want Michael Gallup. A lot of they hear a lot of Michael Gallup, Michael Gallup, Michael Gallup. But yep. I mean, Cedric Wilson played pretty well when he got his opportunity. Is that a guy that you think uh, would would be a guy to add to this room? Yeah, I, I love Michael Gallup, and if the Bears go after a 1A, I would like to see them go after Michael Gallup, but he is solidly in the top 50. In fact, he's in the top 25, injury or not. Um, right. He's going to get a big deal. Now, if you can't and you need a poor man's Michael Gallup, Cedric Wilson uh, out of Boise State who played for Dallas and, again, got opportunities when there were injuries both to Monty uh, Cooper and Gallup, um, he did – quite a bit with those down the stretch um more of a slot receiver but a bigger slot again showed up when all those other cowboys wide receivers went down um won't be a priority to resign for them because they not only have other contracts that they have to decide about in the wide receiver room but they also are tight to the cap and have a lot of other players coming up so cedric's not going to be at the top of their list um it would allow mooney to stay outside wilson could play the slot exclusively he's got experience there i think he's productive and again he's going to come fairly cheap he's right behind russell gage rank is 103 so right in the middle of this top 200 list he's going to get offers but i don't think anybody's going to be beating down his door so could he be one of the many options that the bears bring in i would be totally happy with that yeah i i, I like him I, he's he's the name that when i look through a list like that i'm like yeah he to me that's an under the radar guy that um you know, you know you're not gonna he's not a one but like you're signing him because you think you can throw 50 60 targets at him in a year and and i think that he could he could handle that uh who else you got um next one is zay jones and zay jones was a guy i really liked coming out um had some struggles when he got drafted by buffalo i was really excited about him um had some personal stuff going on didn't really work out for him ends up getting cut loose there hooking on with the Raiders. We don't see a lot from him until about the last five games of the season. Then he really comes on down in Vegas, down the stretch um, averages more than five catches a game. Um, sure handed uh, a guy that's a really good route runner with decent size. It would be an either or proposition with him and Russell Gage. You're not going to get them both. Um, that's the role he's going to fill is that number three possession need a third down on a speed out. Um, that's that's Zay Jones all day. It'll be interesting to see if there's any priorities down at 122 in terms of the top 200. Um, if Vegas really, you know, again, they've had a coaching change. It'll be interesting to see how the new coaching staff values him and his production. Um, I don't think he's going to get a ton of offers and he would fill that role again, either or you wouldn't you wouldn't bring on Gage and him. Yeah, so he's a little underwhelming. In his start to his career, uh, a pretty high draft pick that you know really just did not perform, but you know looked looked all right at late. So one guy that caught my eye that I'm curious if he's on your list is is Richard Higgins because uh, he he has this tendency to flash every time I'm watching a Browns game, but it's not somebody that I think about a lot. It's not somebody that I'm you know that I'm picking up on my fantasy team or anything like that. But um, is that a guy that's uh, that interests you to maybe add to this room? He is. And it's it's a huge wild card. Right. The reason that, uh, you know, more people don't talk about Higgins is he is tempting and has been tempting throughout his career. Here's a huge guy with big speed that makes big plays and has had a, a neat connection with Baker Mayfield, especially late in games and has come up with these big plays, but not a lot of them. So there's not consistency in his game and he can't do everything. 
he's really good at that big down the field, uh, you know, show his show his numbers to the quarterback, get some speed, use the speed height combination and come up with that one big play that gets everybody excited. And they're like, why don't we throw to him more? But he just hasn't been able to earn that consistent role in Cleveland for one reason or another. He's way down at 122. And he would be that short to medium route, sure-handed possession, but he's got speed. So occasionally you can go drag a safety deep with him. Um, I don't think anybody's going to be, I don't think anybody's going to be throwing a lot of money. I'm sorry. He's down at 174. He's down at the Mm. bottom of this list. Um, 122 was Zay Jones. So I think he's got this big potential, but it's like this big play, big shot potential where you do bring him in. It's tough to carry a guy that doesn't play special teams to do that because he really is sort of the fourth slash fifth wide receiver. And you're going to get a couple of big plays. Now, if you can bring him in, sort of bounce him between the practice squad with the flexibility there with veterans and, you know, bring him up if somebody gets hurt and have one more big outside option that you can bring in to run four verts, he'd be fun. But it's, it's almost like a luxury pick and it's don't throw a lot of dollars at him. And if anybody else does just back off and say, good on you, but it is a whole, you know, buy low bet high hope he can come out and get a few more of those. Cause look, Justin Fields has got him, got the arm to get him the ball. So it's kind of a, it's almost like a luxury value pick. If that's the, if that's a thing, it's an option. You're looking for those explosive routes to explosive plays though. Right. So Maybe that's how you're setting up this offense where he's worth it because you believe in Justin Fields' downfield accuracy enough to where you feel like, let's give him guys like this that can take advantage of that. So um, I, that, that to me is intriguing because if they start doing things like that, that might give us some hints on what they're planning around Justin Fields in year two. Tight end, obviously, you've got Cole Komet. You've got a couple of the guys that we've always been kind of pushing for getting more reps and that are still hanging around or, or potentially being re-signed. But you know, Jimmy Graham, almost certainly going to be retired here. I, I mean, he's he's got option years, uh, void years, I should say, that are still on. Uh, he's, so he's technically under contract until those are wiped off. But, uh, you know, Jimmy Graham's not coming back to this team. And so any tight ends i mean i haven't heard a ton about uh you know any sort of value tight ends that are out there yeah austin hooper's the name at the top that is going to be the high dollar guy bears are probably gonna have to stay away from somebody like him but oj howard i'm gonna keep banging the drum for oj howard he was my tight end one the year he came out he's never again consistently produced he's been in a loaded tight end room in tampa bay They have legitimately three tight ends that can play. They bring Gronk on, you know, future Hall of Famer. Cameron Brait was playing at a really high level uh, when he got there. And then OJ Howard's there, and he's kind of been tight end three because of that. But we've seen that flash potential. And his value is extremely low right now. It couldn't be any lower. So he's at 176 on the top 200 list. Nobody's going to be beating down his door. He still has tight end one potential. He is a big athletic guy that can block, run, catch. We saw it at Alabama. Um, He's going to be able to be had for a very low value deal. Take a shot. If it pays off, you look like a genius, right? If not, it's not a huge loss financially. I mean, even if he becomes a competent number two tight end behind Cole Komet, like that's great. If he outplays Komet and starts earning more reps and making plays down the field when Justin Fields finds him, which he absolutely can do, Poles is going to look like a savant. So 
I, I think uh, so. Hooper's under contract. I think uh, I think you're thinking of Mike Kosecki. This kind no, of a big name. Hooper. It's possible Hooper get cut. That, no, it's possible that Hooper's not going to be retained just because oh, of the okay. numbers. So okay. he's not a guaranteed guy. Gasecki is a guy I would love, but Gasecki is again solidly in the top twenty-five. He, he's he's out of range for game. sure. Yeah, um, Gronk Gronk's got to retire, right? Like, I don't know. So you want to go into the Hall of Fame with Brady? I, I, I would, if I was him, like I, you've made enough money. I, I would like to stop getting beat up on a weekly basis, but you know, you never know what's in a guy's head. Um, and he's still effective. It's crazy. Um, he can still make big plays and does fairly regularly. So, you know, certainly more regularly than OJ Howard, but, uh, do you want to, again, sort of do the, with where this team is, do the late career sort of retread one season thing that you tried to do with Graham. I don't. And oh, Howard no, absolutely not. still a young guy. Yeah. Like he's still got plenty of tread on the tires, not a lot of usage in the pros and you're going to be able to get him for nothing. And that excites me. Well, in Joku's probably going to get paid. Otherwise I would assume yes. that he would be a guy that you'd be interested in. The one guy I'm kind of surprised that you're not mentioning is Mo Alley Cox, who uh, has one of the most fun names to say. And so what, what's your thoughts on Mo Alley Cox? Obviously a huge, you know, bond between the current coaching staff and Mo, Mo Alley Cox. They know exactly what he is. And Mo Alley Cox is a guy that, uh, is kind of on the opposite end of value in terms of just had his best season ever, just got featured mm-hmm. more than ever, just got used more than ever, and has, quite frankly, more limitations than a guy like O.J. Howard athletically. So he's kind of maxed at the moment. And somebody's probably going to see that, well, lots of people have already seen it, and they're going to pay him for it. And the chance that he regresses in a different system is fairly high. Now, if he goes to some place with, a top flight quarterback, all bets are off. But if he goes to someplace with a mid tier quarterback, it's going to be better quarterbacking most likely than he got last year in Indianapolis. But overall, the expectation is going to be really high for him to kind of continue to produce. And the reality is he's probably going to regress to the mean. So you're going to end up paying more and getting less for a guy like Mo Alley Cox than you might from a guy like OJ Howard and sticking with the bargain bin theme. Like that's the thing. Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. I still, I, I'm, I'm not, I'm not crossing Mo Alley off yet. Okay. Like Mo, Mo Alley I, neither am still... I. You never can with players from the old regime. Exactly. So well, let's let's move on to offensive linemen, and I think we just need to talk about this real quick because the tackle market is way too thin for us to really spend any time on. And if you're saying like Bears already have their tackles, they already got Jenkins and Borum. Look, like we we like Larry Borum. We're excited about what he can develop into. But right now, I don't feel comfortable penciling him in as a starter and just forgetting about it. This needs to be something that there's veteran competition and or a drafted rookie that is going to come in and add another option to start uh, opposite Tevin Jenkins because I'm not, he hasn't proved it. He, 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 he looked like he belonged in the NFL, which is great, but as a starter, he has more work to do. Yeah, I fully agree. And I see a lot of Bears fans saying, oh, we're set. Borum's great. Just put him in a right tackle and check check the box. Even if that's the case, even if you believe that 100%, which if you watch a lot of his pass reps, pass protection reps from last year, you probably shouldn't. Like, he was very good 
as a run blocker, which we knew he developed as a pass blocker. Like you said, he didn't look completely overmatched, but if you think against the murderer's row of regular NFL edge rushers that he's going to face, that he's just plug and play good to go. I would question that. And I would also say, great. What if one of those two guys gets hurt? Then what, what do you got left? And the answer is flat, nothing. So again, Ryan Poles, former offensive lineman himself understands this need. He may double dip. He may go get a free agent that he likes, that he's familiar with. Um, And he may get a lower drafted rookie to try and develop. Again, I think he's going to take the Kansas City approach to the offensive line and say, I'm going to do more than I need to do. And if it all works out, great. We've got extra assets we can trade. But as of right now, we're we're operating with a huge deficit. And I need to make sure that we're above break even for that. So maybe a guy like Morgan Moses out of Washington, mm-hmm. um, you know, then to the Jets. Uh, so most recently played for the Jets. Again, didn't have a great year. Nobody had a great year on the Jets. Um, a, you know, an established veteran who can play at least at the level of Borum and you put him in healthy competition. That's fine. Um, Again, he's probably going to get an offer because the market's really thin. The demand is greater than the supply. And that means the bears are going to have to spend one of their very few precious draft picks. They only have five this year uh, on uh, probably younger developmental tackle, unless somebody drops um, unexpectedly at the top of the draft. But my guess would be a mid round tackle uh to again just build out that room because right now you're staring at like jenkins and borum and not a lot after that yeah i i don't really see any names in free agency that make a lot of sense outside of of moses and that was a guy that we thought might sign with the bears last year uh when washington cut him he, he went to the jets um you know jets did not have a very good year and so he you know he may be available and he may be available for cheaper than than what you might otherwise expect but at the same time there's people teams keep good tackles and and you can't expect there to be this uh you know amazing tackle market and if if you you are in on the good tackle market you're going to pay all your free agency dollars like that that's that's just sort of how it goes you can find a little bit more bargain on the interior offensive line now as a caveat we both love Ryan Jensen and think that he would be amazing. At least I'll speak for myself. I think it would be amazing. And if they sign him, they're going to have to pay him. And it's going to be a lot of money. I don't think they can afford it. Uh, I would not complain because I think it would be a force multiplier along that offensive line. And you could get a lot of things figured out. And it would help Justin Fields in his development to have a guy like that. But he's not the only center out there that could 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 uh plug and play and and really help justin fields um there's also a very nice guy that's uh sitting there that you have identified first who would that be that's brian allen and number 67 on the list overall and if the new offensive coordinator gets he wants to run some outside zone this is a great fit stabilizing presence and it's a slam dunk like they should just pay brian allen he is a very good zone center and He's available. He's not going to be top tier. He's, you know, second. He's right outside the top 50. So it's not like he's not going to get any offers, but he's only really going to get offers from zone teams. And there are a lot of them. That's probably more than half of the NFL. Um, So it's not going to be a non-market, but it's not going to be the market that's out there for Jensen, which is, hey, we want to pay you top dollar right away to come in. Certainly would be a tone setting move with Jensen. But with Allen, it's just a it's a natural fit. If they think that he is going to match what they want to run for a run scheme, it's 
it makes a ton of sense. If they don't do that, they still need to go after these positions, both center and guard, and they can drop down to a guy like Ted Karras. Um, Let me just say this about Brian Allen. Yeah. From Chicago. Oh, this I did not know. Fresh off of a Super Bowl win, but he is from the Western suburbs, I believe. So no kidding. So he's a local product. Now, I don't know. Um, I would assume that if you grow up, grow up in the suburbs of Chicago, you probably grew up a Bears fan and you're going to hit. I don't think the Rams can just automatically resign him. I'm sure he loves L.A. I'm sure he loves that he won a Super Bowl. But, I, you know, there's there probably something there about going and playing for your favorite team. I'd, this is value add. I did not know he was a Chicago guy. So there you are. That's a. I think that's a big deal, actually. Yeah. Um, you know, who knows? Maybe he was one of those unfortunate kids that grew up in the Chicago suburbs as a Packers fan. But, you know, let's hope not. Well, maybe he likes Getsy then. i love you jb that's amazing next guy on the list is ted karras uh 133rd out of the 200 um depending on which way chicago decides to go with james daniels now do they re-sign him do they not re-sign him if they don't karras would be a really good low cost dependable starting option either at guard or center he's played both in his professional career um i like him more as a guard than i do as a center but he does have that positional flexibility which in my mind makes him even more valuable again second hundred out of the top hundred uh has been around for a while uh, you know that's veteran experience a lot of offensive linemen play well late into their careers so it doesn't really bother me hasn't missed a ton of games due to injury this would be I think in line with the sort of flavor of the show of like, Hey, I waited until round 2.5 of free agency. Karis is out there. I'd like to have him on the team. I made him a reasonable offer for a couple of years. He comes and plugs in and he's your starting right guard. Um, Daniel Jeremiah on his annual draft call that just completed this week said, look, you don't need five first round picks on the offensive line. You just need no tomato cans, right? You need probably one high round pick, a couple of mid-round picks, and then guys like this that just fill in spots and play dependably. And Karras like fits that to a T. Yeah, Karras is dead on like that. I, I, uh, I'm, I'm kind of curious why you glossed over a guy like Austin Corbett, though. We talked about Brian Allen, but not talked about uh, Austin Corbett, who seems like a solid interior offensive line option as well. Um, what, what, what are your thoughts on Corbett? Or do I you think have he fits there. No, I think he fits. I think Corbett's going to get Corbett has more name recognition than a guy like Karras. And Mm. I think you'll probably get a higher offer. Um, Again, it's fickle. Free agency is absolutely fickle. Some years, some guys that you think, Oh no, it's absolutely going in the first round. He's going to get huge money, which is not Corbett, but I think he'll get a solid deal. And I think it'll be sooner than later. If that doesn't happen, should polls and the bears sniff around Austin Corbett Oh, heck yes. This is, again, they have so many needs. Do the overkill thing. Like, more options than you think you need, and uh, predictably, some of them won't work out, but you'll still be fine because you took that approach. So it's not that Corbett is excluded. I think he's going to be a little bit more... I'm not sure the value is going to be great. They're going to have to pay a little bit more, probably get a little bit less. But very good player. Um so yeah, there's there's a lot of good players, and it was about choice and fit. Yeah. All right. Uh, anybody else before we take a quick break and move on to the defense? 
Yeah, there is one. And it's again, this familiarity you talked about at the top with Ryan Poles being in Kansas City, Austin Blythe, uh, way down near the bottom, 193 out of 200. Um, if the Bears don't draft a center highly, which they could do, or sign a splashy free agent like a Jensen, um, I'd lay good money that Blythe is in Bears camp, um, likely earning a starting role. Poles is super familiar with him from his time in KC. Um, it's not that Blythe is a world beater, but he was a functional center and played decently. He's going to be available for not very much money. Um, Poles, I'm sure, has, again, very good familiarity with the player that he's going to be able to bring for a value in a position of need. This one seems, uh, again, if the Bears don't go out and pay big dollars for center or draft one with the first, say, two picks, I would bet pretty good money that Blythe ends up in the Bears camp this summer. It'd be kind of funny if Austin Blythe comes in and takes over the position that James Daniels was supposed to play, being that those guys are both Hawkeyes. But um, anyway, all right, <clears throat> quick break. We'll come back and we'll talk about this Swiss cheese defense. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity, but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, EJ, so Swiss cheese defense, maybe a little bit of an exaggeration, but there are a lot of holes that the Bears are going to have to fill here. Um, one that they need to at least think about is what are they going to do in the absence of Akeem Hicks, who is a free agent? Will they bring him back? Um, I'm a softie. I would love to see him come back. Uh, it's a new regime. Uh, it's a new coaching staff. That that bridge was burnt to a crisp with Matt Nagy, whatever happened there. Um, we were at camp the day that Hicks left uh, practice because he was arguing with Nagy and they kind of, you know, obviously didn't really address it much and it just got worse over the year. And, you know, so that, so that, you know, that bridge was gone between those guys, but again, new regime, uh, new coaching staff. So maybe they bring them back, but I think we're all kind of thinking that they probably won't. And then you have Eddie Goldman who, you know, uh, has had some, ideas are floating around that you know is he is he performing up to that contract is this a guy that 
Um, you know, does he want to be there? Is this a guy that maybe wants to move on from football? And so you have to think about just how much that defensive line is changing. Uh, and, and they're moving from the four three back to the, uh, the moving from the three four back to the four three as the base, um, you know, which we know is not really base anymore, but uh, as 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 the concept that they're going to be in. So there's a lot to think about with the interior of this defensive line. Yeah, the scheme change has as much to do with it as the personnel does, and I think when you combine the two, the Bears have a need here um, that I think some people are probably not. They might be underplaying, let's put it that way. Um, and what they really need that they don't have is a penetrating three tech. Like they, they don't really have that role right now. They have some guys that could do it. But again, Bilal Nichols might be able to play that role, but he's a free agent as well. So right. a guy that's available that I really like um, is Q Jeff, Quentin Jefferson. Um, he'd be another buy low option. His skills would fit what Eberflus does with the penetrating three tech or has done in the past um, in the role in Indianapolis's defense. He'd be a rotational player, but he's dead on for what Eberflus wants that player to do. He's underrated. He also had a career low year with the Raiders. He just didn't really fit. I was super excited um, when we did our divisional previews in the summer and he signed with the Raiders. I thought, here's a same thing. Here's a great value add that's going to perform. Um, didn't really fit with uh, with their defensive system. So he's not going to get flooded with offers. He's way down near the bottom, 181 out of 200. His skills are far better than that. And the fit with the new defense, I think would be really good. So this is another buy low and you know have the potential for a breakout at a position the Bears really don't have a player for on the roster because they haven't played that scheme. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's... They got they got to go back, right? So you've got to kind of evaluate what you have on the roster and realize that you probably didn't have that on the roster, and so you're going to have to find it somewhere. What you do have is you have defensive ends and edge edge players because you got Khalil Mack. You hope that he's going to come back healthy. You got Robert Quinn who had a career year, and and you've got Travis Gibson who came on and, and played well um, at the end of the year. This, they're not going to spend a lot of money at this position. They don't need to. They shouldn't. You know, this is the one position on the roster. If you look at it, you go, mm, they're pr- pretty set. Like they have great starting talent. Um, some of the best in the NFL. Uh, they've got a great young player primed who got some opportunities last year in Gibson who had production uh, in that role. So it, it looks as good. It, it's, if you could make a prototype of how you'd like positions to look and be stacked with talent throughout the roster, like if the bears have one, it's this position. So straight up defensive ends, I don't think they should spend really any money on because again, their money's limited. So, so are their draft picks. Now, if you can steal a guy late in free agency to come in as a situational rusher, because as you talked about base is really not what people spend a lot of time in, you are going to need guys to come flying off the edge and nickel and dime, pretty regularly and there is a guy floating around out there that again i think has made the most of his opportunities but consistency has been a problem and that's in chenu and wosu uh from the chargers way down at 127 out of the top 200 so nobody's going to be throwing big dollar deals at him right away at least i don't think they will um purely kind of a wait and see if you can steal him situation if he's still sitting there two two and a half weeks in throw a you know 
$4 million deal at him, which for an edge rusher or a pressure player is, is nothing. Make it one year, say, we'd love to bring you into the rotation and basically just have you pin your ears back on later downs, uh, longer yardage, and go for it because he's been productive. He's made some hay for the Chargers in those limited opportunities, but not a guy you bring in as a starter and not a guy you really throw any dollars at. If somebody comes in and goes, oh, we're going to pay him 6 or $8 million a year, you say, great, you wipe your hands and say, we like what we've got and we're going to go with that. But if you can add a talented player for very low money on the chance that he hits, you do it. Yeah, absolutely. Now, the linebackers are probably going to switch up a little bit here, right? We kind of think Roquan's going to move to more of the, the will linebacker, the weak side linebacker in this in this Everflus defense. So we have to kind of think about what are the linebackers going to look like. And then, of course, the, in the nickel package, who's sitting next to Roquan in the nickel package because he's not coming off the field. So what about the, what about the linebackers? Because they, they got a lot of work to do here, too. Yeah, again, it's a different spot and they don't have a ton of depth. This is a position where they paid Danny Trevathan. They're still going to be paying this year, whether he plays or not. I don't think he plays. I don't think he fits the system. I think he is at the tail end. Um, So I would not be at all surprised to see Danny Trevathan not on this roster. Um, Roquan, I actually think may stay in the middle of their 4-3 system because the Colts while they did that, they play lighter linebackers. Like everybody looks at Darius Leonard and assumes that he's like 230. Like Darius Leonard played at like 216 last year. Mm. He's extremely light. Roquan's a fair bit heavier than that and can run every bit as well. So I think Eberflus and his staff are going to look at that and say, he plays a Darius Leonard role. We put him in there. Um, Now the linebacker next to him, whether it's in nickel or in base, uh, is a question mark because they brought in Ogletree late. He played well, outplayed. Again, he was a late camp ad, played the majority of downs and and played pretty well, but he's a free agent as well. So they're going to need somebody. Um, And Indianapolis, if they've done anything well, and they've done several things well, has developed linebackers really, really well. And of course, they brought the linebacker coach from Indianapolis with them. Um, And, you know, you look at Bobby Okereke as a guy came out of Stanford and, you know, outplayed his draft spot and and basically has been given kind of a starring role in that defense. Bears are going to need that guy. Mm-hmm. And there's a guy that I think is ready for that role who is available in free agency. And that's uh Foye Olakun out of Atlanta. He's he's at 61. I think the league is probably higher on him than the average public. I don't think a lot of people know his name. They should. When you watch the Atlanta defense, he flashes regularly. He's versatile. He's speedy. He would be an excellent fit. He's great against the pass. He's good against run fits, not necessarily great going one-on-one against, you know, interior players that come through. But again, with a four man front, he's going to have to do that less. Um, So I think he would be an ideal running mate for Roquan. And this is, this is a guy I put a star next to. Like I would love to see him in a bears Jersey next year. I think he would be ideal for where they are in terms of roster construction, where they're going with the defense, the kind of deal they could get him for. Some people might look and say, Hey, I don't know that guy's name. That seems like an overpay. It's probably an underpay. He's going to explode in that defense. If he gets a chance to play in it. Yeah, that'd be great. Anybody else? Yeah, um, strangely, <laughs> uh, a brother of a former Bear, uh, Kazir White, who is a safety coming out and became a linebacker, um, plays for the Chargers. I think he's another plug-and-play piece. He's had four really good, solid years. Again, 
people around the league know who he is. Very speedy backer, hits really hard, um, undersized. But again, that doesn't make Eberflus and his coaches blink at all. They've played linebackers, you know, at or under 220 and had great success. So Kazir White fits that profile to a T. Um, and he's down right in the middle. He's at 99 out of the 200. Um, not going to get a ton of offers, but again, I think would be a really good fit piece if you can't get a guy like Olakun. Let's talk about corner. Now, corner is a lot like offensive tackle to me, in that if you got a good corner, you're probably going to lock them up and you're going to keep them. And they're really hard to find in free agency. Generally, they have, you know, it's very specific scheme fits or there's something wrong with them or they're coming off an injury and you're worried that they're not going to regain that explosiveness, you know, fill in the blank. Right. And so shopping for corners and free agencies can be challenging, but is there any name that you think that, yep, I can see that happening um, with this new defense that maybe doesn't emphasize corner play quite as much as some of the other schemes around the league. Yeah, you're right. It's again, this is back to the remember the theme, which is the bargain bin. These are not the top guys. These are guys you're gambling on for one reason or another. Um, and they all have their own reason. The first one is Akello Weatherspoon. Um, ended up with the Steelers and has played up and down throughout his career. A guy with real great size, um, 6'2, really long arms, um, that I was super excited about as a Bears corner when he came out in the draft. Um, thought he would be a good physical player for them at corner. And I think he'd be a great compliment to Jalen Johnson. He was lights out for Pittsburgh, but only down the stretch, like last five games, he played really, really well. So here's a guy with just a little bit of a nip right before a contract season. That always sort of makes you wonder, but again, 124 out of the top 200. So not at the top of the list, not going to receive that sort of wave of first round money, but would be a really nice sort of bookend compliment on the other side for Jalen Johnson, another physical guy who you can place a man in. He can drop back and play zone with his size and had just that little flash that makes you think, Hey, maybe we can buy low and he could play significant reps because I think of corner for Chicago, a lot like wide receiver, like they don't, they have Jalen, and they got a little bit out of Thomas Graham last year late, which was great. He looks like a good solid zone corner. So I think he'll fit well in the system. And after that, you got a lot of maybes. You got Duke Shelley, you got Kendall Vilder. Like, where are they going to fit? Those are those are depth pieces in my mind. And you need some starters because you need three good, solid starting corners. And I think the Bears have one and a half right now. Yeah. And I think that the one name that uh, there's a ton of corner, you know, interest out there. There's there's a lot of guys. Um, but I think the one name that there's a pretty obvious line to draw is Charvarius Ward with the Chiefs, but he's inside the top 50. And so he's not making the list. But if that's if there's one that's probably, you know, maybe going to get some extra consideration from Ryan Poles, it would be Ward if if the Chiefs let him walk. So um, that's why he's not on EJ's list. Yeah, it's going to be big money. The familiarity is absolutely there. The level of play is there. I wouldn't be upset by it, but he would be their guy. Like, let's not make, let's not mince words about the fact that he would be their big dollar free agent because corners get paid in free agency. You have to overpay them relative to their skill. Um, Or you kind of got to dig through the bottom of the bin and look for guys that have been inconsistent, guys that have been injured, guys that have had bad scheme fits. And 
Sidney Jones is a name that some folks might remember. He's really highly drafted. He was 43rd overall out of the University of Washington, had some injuries early in his career. He's on this list. He's at 140 out of the top 200. He's really talented, um, played more with Seattle last year than he has more than double uh, the number of snaps than he ever has in any career year. So it was really solid. He's over six foot, um, better in man than zone, but he's only 25 years old. Hmm. So this is an upside gamble. This is a guy that sort of was high on the radar, had a lot of flash, a lot of name recognition, big disappointment early in his career, wasn't able to stay on the field, got signed by Seattle in a very similar fashion. Hey, come home, uh, you know, to where he played college ball. We'll put you in this defense that really played still a lot of cover three, which is man. And he stayed healthy and he looked good. And this happens to some corners, you know, mid-career. It's hard to call a guy that's 25 years old mid-career because there's corners <laughs> this year that are going to get drafted that are 24. So here's a guy with size that, again, would look really good on the other side of the field from Jayla Johnson. And probably, you know, with that ranking, not people aren't going to be super sure. They're not going to throw the bag at this guy. So Ryan Poles could go out and get him, fill the room. It's just like wide receiver. Get as many shots as you can. Yeah. Yeah, I, it's a name that's intri- it's intriguing. Um, there's uh, one last name on your list that I'm not sure how intrigued I am, but um, I'm willing to hear what you have to say about Xavier Rhodes. Yeah, he has to be on the list. I'm not, I, I put not my favorite target. Uh, I think Rhodes' best playing is behind him. Um, but the familiarity with the scheme and the staff can't be overlooked. Uh, guys like when a coach comes in and is installing a new system, they always are going to import a couple of their guys that know the system. And, yeah. you know, Rhodes could be that guy in the secondary that could help teach the other defensive backs. This is the system. Now, do I want Xavier Rhodes starting for the Bears, especially at outside corner next year? I don't. I don't think that would be a great lineup versus a lot of the wide receivers in the NFC North. If he's available, I would almost expect him to be with the Bears just because of that familiarity and coaching kind of role, not necessarily from a playing standpoint. I would really hope they are honest with themselves about where he is in his career and don't overpay him. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not super excited about that, but I understand what you're saying is come in and teach um, teach the system and guys that are familiar with it, all that kind of stuff. But it yeah. feels like he's done. Yeah. All right, so we're going to end it up with safety here. feels like we do this pretty regularly <laughs> with, uh, you know, we've got Eddie Jackson, who's going to wear – you know, the red shirt in in the Star Trek where, you know, he's he's coming on for one season or he's coming on for one episode. So safeties next to Eddie Jackson. What do you got? Yeah. And there's I think with the theme of the episode, there's three good ones. And the first one that I would love another. I only put stars next to three guys. And Jordan Whitehead is one of them on this list. Um, this would be a major coup for Chicago. Whitehead is an underrated player that has timely plays in the secondary over and over again. If you watch Tampa Bay or you listen to any of the guys or gals that write or follow Tampa Bay regularly, Jordan Whitehead is a guy they will absolutely pick up the flag for. He is a guy that doesn't get the name recognition, but makes plays over and over again. And they'll say things like, yep, everybody finding out who Jordan Whitehead is again. Like, he is a guy that has that ability and he'd be an excellent value. He's at 70 overall. 
So again, probably that second wave. I think the league understands that he plays very solid. I think he's better as a second safety. And Mm -hmm. again, having Eddie Jackson in the fold already would allow him to be that. And it would allow the new defensive coordinator to play with a lot of balance, right? Because it's not just a heavy guy at the line with cover three and Jackson back. Jackson's good in that role, but there's so much too high. There's so much quarters. You need a safety that can do more. And Whitehead is a guy that can absolutely do that. Again, name recognition may not be super high with the casual NFL fan, with the Chicago fan. Um, If Jordan Whitehead gets signed by the Bears, I will be a very happy camper. EJ will be doing a dance. Um, Yes. Anybody anybody else? Yeah, after that, it's more... Uh, less well-rounded and more role players, but guys I still like. And Deshaun Elliott, I couldn't leave off the list. He's has been a Raven. He's at 123 out of 200. Absolute hammer. Like, you're going to get some flags. Absolute hammer. But he is <laughs> not letting anybody off the hook. He has endeared himself to Ravens alumni royalty, Ed Reed, Ray Lewis, they love this guy because he punishes people. And I think Bears fans would be all about some heavy duty safety play. Now, Deshaun Elliott, not a guy necessarily that you want going deep one on one with uh, speedy slot threats. So versatility is a little bit less than some of the other secondary players on this list. But again, if you're going to play that too high shell, you need safeties that can crash the lane from depth. And Deshaun Elliott is custom made for that. Um, I don't think because of that lack of versatility, he's going to get a high dollar deal. I think Bears fans would instantly love Deshaun Elliott. Like he wouldn't make it out of the preseason before he was a fan favorite. And your last guy is a guy that I feel like is not welcome back in San Francisco. (laughs) Jakiski Tart, why not? I'm just, I feel like there's something that happened that. 49er fans might not forgive him for. Uh, They might not. He's down at rank 164. Um, If the new staff really relies on zone schemes, Tart would be an excellent compliment to Eddie Jackson because one of Tart's strongest qualities is a really good feel in zone, and not all secondary players have that. I think a lot of uh, fans tend to think that when you say a really good feel in zone, they say, oh, he doesn't have feet for man, right? He just can't play man. No. Zone is a skill you need in the league, and Tart has a really good feel for which guy is coming into his zone and where he should be, and he loves to come forward and hit. And that's not unlike Eddie. Like Eddie is better coming forward, both against the run in the pass, um, and Tart is a bigger player, certainly a better player against the run uh, than Jackson is. So he would complement the style. And again, a guy you could sign um, – down the board he's i don't think he's at the end of his career but he's he's not a spring chicken anymore so not going to get the bag probably in wave one or wave two of free agency still going to be a guy that's on the board that you can put a reasonable offer out there for um and i think would play at least as well as tayshawn gibson yeah well and safety the last few years has been pretty uh undervalued in a, in a lot of ways i mean there's just been guys that sit out there for a long time the market doesn't move um so you know you can generally sign a safety for not that much money but that's all we got um we're back season four has has launched uh i recommend that you do poke the bear if you find it uh, from revelry <laughs> brewing it is uh, it is a good offering. It's not the best pale ale I've ever had in my life, but the can art is worth it in and of itself. 
Uh, so check that out when, when you can. And I think that the next time you hear from us, it will be to start going through this draft class and we will get young Jacob Infante involved. Uh, he is now 21, so we can get him on officially and, and have, a, have a beer with him. I'm curious what a 21-year-old is going to bring on. Uh, a 21-year-old that uh, goes to college in the middle of the country, too. So I'm, I'm fascinated to see what his beer choice is. Yeah, well, he's in, uh, he's in I guess, Anheuser-Busch territory. So we'll, we'll never see, know. We'll see what happens here. So uh, otherwise, uh, anything else before we get out of here? Nope. Just head down, plowing through prospects. Combine starts this week. So uh, check that out. We'll definitely have some kind of reaction to that about some some players that we maybe have a little bit better feel about in terms of their fit with the Bears. Um, draft is a tricky animal for the Bears this year. Again, only five picks, really hoping that Poles finds a way either through maybe trading away some veteran players or, or trading down anything he can do to beg, borrow, or steal a couple of more picks. Um, because the one thing about this draft is it has great depth, like all the way down the board. Maybe, maybe not the top end talents, not top heavy, but all the way down, you're going to find guys that are going to contribute in the fifth and sixth round regularly. And the bears don't, I mean, they don't have a pick after like 181 right now or something. So, um, that's going to be rough. And if polls can pick up even a few late round picks, it's going to add some contributors. So looking forward to that. Um, but yeah, that's, that's where my head's at. All right, man. Thanks, everybody, for joining us. Really appreciate everybody listening, everybody reaching out, interacting on Twitter. we got some fun stuff coming up this offseason. Look for Lester and I to do some Baron Balance shows as well. Um, and then I've got a special project that I'm working on that I'm really excited about. So uh, stick with us. Happy you're here. Bear down.